0: He is the Secretary Journal of SOS Children's Villages of India. It's the country's leading childcare NGO and one of the largest self-implementing agency providing a basket of alternative care solutions for every child in need. Hello, Mr. Samantha. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Anurag, and good morning, listeners. Good morning, Mr. Sumanta. Uh, it's a pleasure to be hosting you on the show today. So, Mr. Sumanta, uh, before we begin the episode, uh, why don't you tell us a bit about your journey with uh, the SOS Children's Villages of India? Because you joined that organization way back in 1989. So, I would, I would really love to know about your journey so far. Yeah, uh,
1: thanks, Anurag. <laughs> it's almost 30. Uh, 30- one years uh, I've been there in the organization and it looks like yesterday as if I joined the organization (laughs) and uh, actually I don't know how the time flies 31 years and if you look back it was really very very fulfilling and uh, Mm -hmm. because I started my career as a just at the entry level in the organization and working with the youth and that was the actually the real learning I had of the organization because ultimately the whole work of SOS Children's Village is centered around how well the children they settle in life, how they become mm-hmm. a self-supporting and contributing member of the society. So I see that was the great learning for me to start a career with the youth to understand the challenges and youth actually if you look at they are the tomorrow's um, futures and youth yes. is someone uh, who it's not a problem to be managed they are your resources which need to be developed so with that perspective while working with the youth i learned many things which probably in my social work uh, um, course i never learned it Mm -hmm. and uh, and that is what uh, from each youth i had uh, so much of learning uh, i had in initial years followed by that I started taking care of as a village director in one of our children's village in Bhubaneshwar. There I learned so many from our mothers, Esho's mothers. Mm -hmm. And then I realized what is actually Esho's mother play a very, very pivotal and critical role for a child. The food, the clothing, and the shelter that anybody can provide, the child can still manage without that. But a child cannot manage without relationship. Without a relationship, right. they feel there is no identity for a child. And it is our SOS mothers, they provide that identity to the child and they build a very, very long-term relationship with the child. And this is where I learned how our mothers, irrespective of caste, creed, color, religion, taking the children and providing a kind of care, which looks mm. like uh, uh, the, 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 as if they are doing something to their own children. And our mothers, right. and that was really a great learning experience for me and the nine years I spent in the children's village in bhubaneswar And the learning from the children, the day the child comes, and then the my learnings, what I had with the youth, and while I was trying to link it, then I see the whole gambit that how the child is having a holistic development which will make them ultimately settle in life. So that was a great Mm -hmm. experience uh, in uh, Bhuvaneshut. Followed by that, immediately there was a super cyclone in Odisha in 1999. I got an opportunity for the first time to work in a relief operation. And then when I started working in the relief operation, and there Mm -hmm. were around so many children, those who lost uh, parental care, so many children who are at the risk of losing parental care, the scenario, whole uh, State was in a a particular, the state capital was completely at a chaos because of that uh, cyclone. And, but good thing was that when there is a difficulty, people come together, help together. And that is where I learned from our SOS mother. And in our SOS concept, each mother, each house only takes care of eight children. And all those mothers, Mm. they come and said yeah. Please go and bring as many children as you want. They need support. We are ready to take even double the number of children currently. So that's they gave me a kind of confidence in the goodwill that all human beings, will, uh, they yeah. have And you cannot believe in a children's village in Bhubaneswar. We had around 300 children uh, who uh, lost the uh, parents' care or they need a temporary kind of support till they find Mm. their parents and uh, reeling them to the relatives. And there are all of a sudden 300 Mm. children in your children's village. So it was really the kind of work everybody did at that difficult time Mm. reinforced the basic human values that we are there And one supports each other at the time of difficulties. And that's a great of our country and of uh, the people they exhibit at the time of difficulty. And in the process, we established new children's village. And then in the process, establishing a new children's village itself was a kind of uh, great satisfaction. When you you do something from the beginning and you see a barren piece of land, how it is with the, the children, mothers and things, the move. And over a period of time, then i more responsible and then also little bit taking care of the more number of children's villages across India. And then, of course, supporting some of our international programs, whether it is Philippines, whether it is in mm-hmm. Nepal emergency programs, and then further strengthening the work. So in the process, many new programs were introduced and also while the organization grew, I also grew along with the organization. And then... Uh, now, presently, I'm doing the role of the Secretary-General of ASO Children's Village of India. So I will say each stage had a great learning, great experience and great support. I received from not only from the children, mothers, youth, co-workers, community and all those, my seniors all supported
0: and guided. And that is where I am now today. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting, uh, you know, career timeline, Mr. Sumanta. Really, really happy to see the kind of work that uh, you have been doing with uh, SOS Children's Villages of India. And I believe that, uh, you know, today, I guess over 7,000 children are living with more than 400 uh, family homes, right? Uh, Inside the SOS Villages. Yes. Very precisely, we have around 447 uh, family homes
1: and uh, around 7,000. Uh, Children. The uniqueness Mm -hmm. uh, uh, is that now over a period of, uh, say, we are now 56 years um, Mm -hmm. in India and more than 5,000 children, 5,500 children, they have been graduated from the program and they have become a self-join, the mainstream of the society, have their own independent life. And many of our girls, now the children, those who are coming, many of our children's villages are the third generation children so okay. uh, so that's the kind of journey the SOS challenge village particularly in the field of alternative care and this is a very very unique model uh, if mm-hmm. I'd say the mm-hmm. SOS care model is very very unique model and so i uh, just uh, at, uh, just like to add here that it's a kind of unique because it it's a it's challenged the uh, traditional model of child care or uh, because this program, this uh, SO Children's Village started way back after the Second World War in 1949 mm. at Austria Imst when Dr. Hermann Minor, uh, who started the first uh, Children's Village. Okay. And, uh, and that was a time actually after the Second World War. He was very, very, uh, he was a doctor by profession and he at a very young age lost his mother and his elder sister mm. who brought him up. Then the very concept of Esho's mother uh, came to him. his mind that, yes, the children, they need family. And it Hmm. is the best place for a child to grow in his own biological family. If due to some reason or others, if the child cannot grow in a family, then we should create a family close to a natural family. So where there is a mother who has the family and there are boys and girls stay together as a brother and sister and each child has a home and they are part of a community. It's a very, very simple philosophy and simple principles and to a complex problem um, he showed to the world, Dr. Minor. Mm. And today we are in 135 countries and for the first time in Asia, uh, after South Korea, we are there in India in 1964 when um, Dr. Minor was invited to visit India, and the first okay. children's village uh, came up with a very important personality like Mrs. Gandhi, Pandit Nehru, and uh, Tara Alibek, Mr. Kowal, and many uh, people, personalities, they joined together, hand together, and then the first children's village established as Greenfield in Faridabad in 1964. Okay. So that's the kind of hmm. journey started in SOS India.
0: Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's a long and lustrous journey, I would say, uh, for the SOS Children's Village. So, uh, Mr. Sumanta, coming to the main topic of today's episode, to everyone listening out there, uh, we have seen the last couple of years what has really happened with the whole pandemic coming in 2020, uh, with the uh, education system, you know, completely shutting down across India. Everything was in a standstill, and children across uh, the nation had this issue of uh, really, uh, uh, you know, trying to get education uh, uh, on time and from their schools. And this problem, this uh, uh, problem with education was really felt at the grassroots level at the rural areas where you know already there there were a very few uh, avenues of uh, you know getting education for these children and now suddenly with the pandemic everything was shut down there was no way to get education uh, like if i talk about uh, the uh, metropolitan cities or tier 1 cities you you could still see educational institutes going online and uh, students getting education through online means but in rural areas this was completely shut down So, uh, Mr. Sumanta, I would really like to understand from you what have you seen uh, prior to uh, the whole pandemic situation and what really happened with education in the rural areas during COVID? So, uh, frankly speaking, when you talk
1: about education and many of our education system is both formal and also non-formal and informal education. And if you look at... um, a child is a child's best friend and a child learns more from his friend than anybody else, irrespective of whether they are urban, whether they are in rural, semi-urban. And this right. pandemic has really posed that is a major challenge because child now everybody is asked to be re- confined to their own home. So what a child missed the most is their friend. So now the yeah. question is, if a child missed a friend, then who? someone has to replace that with that friend to a child. So someone has to now become a friend to that child. And that is what was a critical aspect. And wherever, whether it's in SOS Children's Village, whether it is in the community, also in SOS, we work in the community and currently more than 20,000 children across 32 locations in 22 states. We are working with the children from the okay. families in the communities. And we work very, very closely, intensively with the families and with the children. And we see a common thing across not only in our SOS children's village, uh, SOS family, not only the children in the community, not only children in the normal family in the community, the children, they missed their friends. Mm. And, and, mm. and our first and foremost attempt in everywhere, how quickly the parents could become a friend to a child. So that right. was the critical aspects uh, during the COVID time we played. The second aspect is that apart from friends, they want, they miss the play because they were also not allowed to go out to play. And uh, that is also happened both normal family, SOS family, community, that was also critical. So how quickly we make sure that the children, those who are not able to play outside, quickly replaced with some indoor games and some indoor activities third aspect was every child has a certain kind of routine and it mm-hmm. is a, it is a, a pandemic it actually is a traumatic event for all of us forget about the children even the adults they were also having a difficult time and this yeah. pandemic posed because there was so much of uncertainty in the air so much of people do not know and uh, what what next in store for them for us and at that point of time it is very, very obvious the children will also get will be traumatized. And and in such scenario, only way is that how quickly we and ensure that they fulfill their daily routine. And, True. Yes. and and once you have your routine, then you are engaged and you are into those years. But it is also God's gift to a child that every child is resilient by nature. So that's a God gift which is not there in adult. Adult, once you grow uh, older, then you see probably if you do not learn how to be resilient, probably you are not. But it's a God gift. And they overcome the trauma faster than anyone else. So that was Mm. our experience that, yes, how quickly they be in touch with their friends wherever it is possible over mobile, over internet connection. And uh, through internet, they talk to their friends how quickly the parents become, our mothers become their friends, how quickly they restore their um, uh, daily uh, routine. At the same Mm. time, what is important was the mental well-being. So when Mm. it is a mental well-being of a child, so uh, we need to work on that sphere because not you have to work actually more with the caregivers. Because the children were spending majority of the time with the caregivers. And we we take care of the mental well-being of the caregivers or parents better. So ultimately, you are supporting the child. Because through them, the child gets the support. So that's what also a critical aspect, which also we did it with the mothers. Mm-hmm. Then also mm-hmm. children, they need a variety every day. And when it is not, if it is a question of one day, two days, five days, But when it is more than a month and so, so how quickly Mm -hmm. you provide innovative indoor games. And that is where, whether it is a storytelling, whether it is a painting, whether it is a kind of dance, and the kind of innovation the children they brought among themselves during that time shows that each child is by nature is creative. Only thing they need an opportunity. Once you give an opportunity, and I'm sure... That the, they the, they have so much of talent and so much of new way of doing the same thing. The, uh, it was really an amazing experience for all of us, both in the community and in the uh, in our SOS family. At the same time, what we realized that the nutritional aspect. What mm-hmm. is that nutrition? Because many times, which are also restricted beyond that. So they started. Um, uh, uh, recipe new recipe they started <laughs> making in that own okay. limited <laughs> way, but all were available. Nice. So these are the mm. few. I, if I look at it, um, some of those good learnings. These are all good learnings we had, and of course the challenges. Now coming back to the real challenges was the education, absolutely yeah, yeah. because you know, um, it, if you if I put it, yes, we are almost. Uh, one year behind. And uh, mm-hmm. in a very, very real terms, if you look at, uh, look at our learning outcomes, we are almost one year behind. Because having said that, we used to have a, a certain way of uh, um, our learning uh, styles. And Correct. largely the learning styles was in a classroom, face-to-face interaction. Very yes. traditional. Very traditional. And, very traditional. Yeah. and it is mm. also... Uh, looking at, looking at our socioeconomic conditions and also looking at the, um, the, uh, the ability of the teachers to communicate face to face and ability of the teacher to communicate through, uh, digitally. There is also a kind of challenge is there. So it is challenge yes. from both the sides. One is the hmm. ability to have your devices with your digital devices. And if you look at even if you are India is growing, but still it is, we are 50 50. There are still a bigger divide in India, and we have, yes. uh, and that digital device is a big divide. Even in the normal mm. family where you have two or three children, also there you have, may have one mobile or one laptop, but all the classes are happening simultaneously during the same time. So, Correct. so they are also the normal family. The children they have suffered, and forget mm. about the children in the communities. Forget about the children from the lower income group and forget about the schools where even they do not have the digital devices and other things. So in the process, I will say education has really affected, particularly mm-hmm. in the rural areas, particularly in the areas uh, for the children, those who are lower income group. And however, in SOS, what we try to do is the limited Um, time and because this was sudden it was not something which anybody thought of that this is going to happen so you are prepared and then you plan it so in a very short time you have to innovate and do things so what we did is quickly to bring this awareness among the caregivers particularly on covid so we did a kind of video messaging to all our caregivers Because video, uh, this mobile phone is something I think irrespective of economic strata it is a reality that everybody has at least the mobile phone, um, whether it is urban or rural area. So there our team very quickly reached out to them, keeps on sending the messages, which is very, very okay. uh, in their local language to build awareness okay. on COVID, to give uh, new tips on how to engage with the children, uh, how to... Prepare different kind of foods in the limited area. How can have a storytelling session? How can you okay. do? So those are the tips. Who are there, part of this thing. And if you look at mm. the r- rural area also, because when you, I'm why I'm trying to tell this Anurag is that when you talk about education, if you do not yeah. look at the holistically, we will not able to address the issue because domestic violence has also increased. In some of those areas, because of many people in the rural areas and where we are working, they lost their jobs. Many people, their income level all of a sudden fall. Their livelihood got affected. And then in such scenario, it is obvious the domestic violence is going to increase. When there is a domestic violence, it has its adverse effect on the education of the children. So if you look at overall, it is the mental well-being of the caregivers. It is the income level of the, um, um, the family. It is the, um, the access to the digital device. It all contributed uh, to have actually in, it will be very, very look no, not nice, but actually it's a zero development happened during that time. Mm. If a child is concerned as far the education is concerned. So I see, correct. Uh, the, if you look at 2021, I think we have to make two times and three times harder hard work if you want to uh, get, uh, overcome that gap.
0: Correct, correct. No, I completely agree with that because uh, there has been a lot of uh, news, uh, in fact, last year when we, uh, in fact, you know, on Socially Desi also, we spoke about this uh, when it comes to uh, the... You know, home violence, domestic violence on the rise. We saw a lot of articles over the internet which spoke about the rise of uh, you know uh, domestic violence in India, and this all had a had a very severe and adverse effect on a child's mental health as well as their education. So it's really important that we, as a society, raise awareness because I believe that anything that we can achieve in the metropolitan cities and in the tier one cities can eventually trickle down to uh, you know smaller uh, regions and uh, villages and rural areas. So, I mean, um, Mr. Sumanta, as per you, how can we as a society play a key role in raising this awareness uh, when it comes to education being a fundamental right for a child and how can uh, a family and we society as a whole can ensure that a child gets this uh, fundamental right? Yeah.
1: Yes. um, I think it is a child's uh, right. Education is every child's right. And if you look at it, I see myself uh, as a duty bearer. And Mm -hmm. uh, I see uh, all those people, those who are in authority, power, or even the parents, they are the duty bearers. And And if you look at the child, child is a right holder. So, it is the rights of the every child to demand rights from all the duty bearers. And the, it is the responsibility of duty bearers to provide rights to each right holder. I think this is a concept we need to imbibe. We cannot treat children, even if our own children, as an object. And they, they cannot be seen that I have a right over my own children. Each child hmm. is individual. Each child has to be treated individually, and each Correct. child has their own liking, disliking, and we need to respect that. I think this is a Correct. change in mindset is very, very required. Then, second reality in our society that we many people have more than the their um, requirement, and some people right. they have less than their requirement. So I mm. think as a society we will grow. When those who have more, if they can give and not, I'll say give looks very, very, it's not a right word. Participate in the development yeah. of others, those who have a little less. I think that's mm. critical. Mm. Those who have more, they participate, collaborate with those who have a little less. So then only as a society will grow. And when as a society will grow, obviously the education of the children will improve. And the education Correct. is just something uh, which a, a parents can give to a child. That's the only mm. gift. If, if you want to give a gift to a child, I see a child, one is education, second is the values. The values that we give to our children uh, in our caring process. And these are the mm. two strong pillars which will enable the child tomorrow when they move out from the nest of their parents and to build their own life, this will play a very, very critical role. Therefore, it is essential that each one of us should understand and participate in the education of development of the children. Now looking at the education, it is not only this formal education. What is education is that we need to provide to our children. Education for employment. I think that's very, very critical. It is not Correct. education. Yep. Yes, one education is for our holistic development so that I become a better human being. I hmm. I, I, I feel inside I am a better human being. I contribute to the others. So that is what you call you become a societal good or you are good to others, good to the environment. So hmm. So that way, Education play one aspect. So that is called value-based education. But what we are looking at India today is education for employment, education for entrepreneurship, education where you have your own um, uh, living. So what is that skill we need? We may have education, but if you do not have skill, so how can we build skills in our children as early as possible? And so that Correct. tomorrow, they not only contribute for their own development, they contribute in building the uh, human capital of the country and contribute to the uh, uh, Make India uh, campaign contribute in that direction. So the way, I, that is how I see is where uh, the skilling play a very, very critical role. And this is something we need to start in a, a, at a very early and our education system needs to gear geared up in that direction.
0: No, I completely agree with that. So how has uh, SOS Children's Villages of India been working towards this initiative?
1: Yeah, um, first of all, as I said, when a child comes to SOS Village, our first and foremost attempt is let every child enjoy their childhood. A hmm. happy childhood memory will always contribute to become a person successful in life when we become mm. adult we always remember our childhood memory we always okay. remember a happy childhood memory and at the time of difficulty that actually come to our rescue you just Im- imagine one of your childhood memories that will give you strength and then you look forward leave everything set back behind so that's okay. our first and foremost approach every child in our country should have a good childhood memories but unfortunately before many children, before they enjoy their childhood, they become a adult or adulthood or young adult. So right. that's, that's, that's a kind of society I think we need to look at. Then second hmm. aspect hmm. is how quickly we see that the learning is enjoyable. It is not a learning which one learn forcefully. So learning, uh, a, a enjoyable learning in a very, very least restrictive environment where one can explore the possibility to experiment, the possibility to, to try new things. I think that once we give this flexibility to the children in our education system as early as possible, the children will try new things. And when they try new things, they will start enjoying. Then once they start enjoying, then I think everything one can achieve. The next mm-hmm. is that skilling part. So in Particularly, every child has some inner strengths. How do we identify? How do we identify those inner strengths of an individual? So normally in our children's village, we do a kind of test which is called multiple intelligence and um, and uh, 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 multiple natures. So okay. every person has a certain intelligence and certain type of nature. When intelligence mm. and nature are clubbed together, then the person is very, very um, likely to be successful whatever the profession one text. So we do that kind of test very early and this is a scientific test and uh, so that when the child is in class 8 or something, so that we know if these are the areas the child pursue one's career, so they will be very likely to be successful. So after their completion of class 10 and 12, and they go and pick up those careers, which is the part of their MIMN uh, findings. So we set a very, very clear things that each and every child should have minimum class 10 or 12 uh, education, at least one employable skills depending upon their academic performances, at least one employable school, a good communication skill in English, at least and minimum basic IT skill, and a social skill which will enable them to settle in life. So these are the five mm. minimum basic parameters Based on which we judge our performance because our performance is seen how successfully we are able to make the youth settle in life. Our children move from one stage to become a say joining the mainstream of the society. And fortunately, I will tell you that our children have not made us fail in our attempt. And almost 95% more than 95% children, they are well settled, but still. We have children, though best of our best efforts, we are not able to schedule them. So they may have to go for some kind of non-formal uh, uh, training, maybe in electrician, maybe in carpentry, maybe in some kind of plumbing. Otherwise, ninety ninety-five percent children, they have made us proud. They are in. There is hardly any uh, field where our children are not there. Whether it's medical, whether it is engineering, whether it is in uh, paramedicals, hospitalities and there are almost all the profession, audiology, um, MBAs, so almost all the professions, our children are there. But this COVID time, it also played a very, very critical role and uh, also affected the, uh, some of the children's employment, particularly those who are in the hospitality sectors. Whereas hmm. Hmm. our many of our children they contributed, those who are in nurses, paramedicals, they worked more than what is required and they supported as a kind of corona warriors and help uh, in their respective field. But yes, there are some youths where they lost their employment or their salary growth was slashed because of the COVID, because obviously the industry was the most affected. Yeah. So immediately what we did was for such children, obviously we support them, even if they were not part of the program, even because you see we support the children till they become on their own. But like in any yeah. natural family, the children have some way support system they can fall back at time of difficulty. That is your family. Similarly, for True. a child to us, it is the SOS which is their family. So we immediately initial supported, but then we immediately did a kind of reskilling kind of things, a training program immediately so that the they can go for a, learn a new skill and go for the employment. So these are the some kind of tweaking we had to do immediately. And hmm. similarly for hmm. our families in the community also, many of them, those who are lost their livelihood, for example, um, those who are doing the kind of uh, small uh, business uh, at their own place but now because of covid nobody was ready to do that like for example transportation those who are driving auto rick- rickshaw and um, maybe some other things they they are got livelihood got affected so immediately they transformed their also livelihood uh, looking at the new need which arise because of covid so that was also a very very a good learning for them also and for us also and i think many of our rural areas Community areas, people immediately adopted per the requirements, and their livelihood also quickly they changed.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Oh, that's that's a really good, uh, Mr. Sumanta. And uh, before we wrap up the episode, Mr. Sumanta, how can uh, you know we as individuals, as a society, and uh, you know people, how can they uh, participate uh, in this uh, NGO cause? How can we sponsor or how can we donate? Uh, to the SOS Children's Villages of India? I think, um, first of all, um, we can contribute, we can
1: join, and um, uh, by we going to our website, that is SOS Children's Village of India, and there are certain um, options are there. You can sponsor a child, and uh, by donating certain amount, and in the process, you also be part of the journey of a child's development and growth, you see how your money has contributed in the development of a child. Whether it is our family life care, whether it is our family strengthening program, you can also uh, s- support them going to their website. And also in the youth skilling program, like in a social village, we have a ambitious plan now, looking at the need and lo- uh, looking at that um, that many more families, because the poverty, because of this lost the job, the poverty is, is, has increased, which will lead to more abandonment children, and there is, is a greater need that children need support, or families may need support. So I will request everybody that it is our responsibility to support, and we support not only SO Children's Villages, any organization working for the cause of children, I think it is, as an individual, it is our responsibility that we support them because children's safety, security, and their well-being should be first ensured. And we should ensure that a child, wherever is there, the child is safe, secured, and their well-being is taken care. They are living at a place which is a happy, loving home for every child. Mm. It's a loving home for every child. At the end, I will say, that it is each one of us responsibility to make sure that no child goes
0: up alone. Correct. So true. Thank you so much, Mr. Sumanta, for being on the show today. And guys, you can definitely check out soschildrensvillages.in. Go and check it out. You can get in touch with Mr. Sumanta as well. We'll put down the uh, links in the show notes below. And with that, Mr. Sumanta, thank you for being on the show. Uh, We really loved the way you spoke about All these issues and how we can really help our children across India, uh, across the communities to really, uh, you know, like you said, uh, be eligible and competitive and, uh, you know, complacent enough to join the mainstream uh, of the country and be a part of uh, this economy. So, with that, thank you so much, uh, sir, for being on the show today. Thank you, Anurag and thanks to all the listeners. Thank you. So that wraps it up for today, folks. If you liked the episode, give it a big thumbs up, share it with your friends and let's go viral. Remember, our weekly podcast features episodes on personal growth, mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness. We would love to have Mr. Samantha on our show again in the future to talk more about the wonderful work that the organization is doing in India. So if you haven't yet done so, Hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com for more of such content. And as always, before I sign off, remember, life is black and white and everything in between.